Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and today we have my friend Heather Crabtree, a business coach for savvy female entrepreneurs joining us. I think today's episode is one of my favorite conversations I've had on here because Heather brings a layer of vulnerability and transparency to the episode that's so unique and so special. It makes for a really meaningful conversation, and we talk about the high highs and the low lows of running a business, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear. So let's get to it. Hey, Heather. Hey, Kelsey. I am so excited to have you on today. We've been following along with each other on the World Wide Web for the last... On the gram. On the gram (laughs) for the last few years, and we're finally getting to chat. I'm so excited. I would love for you to start by sharing about yourself, who you are, what you do. Let our Radiant listeners into a little peek of your story. Yeah. So I had, well, first I'm a mama, so I have two kids and I have a baby on the way. Actually, I'm 42 years old with a baby on the way, but no one else does that on your show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I've been married for 15 years, so that's been amazing. And I am now a business coach for service-based female entrepreneurs who have reached that kind of, uh, already hit that six figure mark and they're really wanting to scale their business. So that's the, that's the women that I work with now, but the journey has been a roller coaster to get here. (laughs) Um, I actually grew up thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school. I became a lawyer. I hated it. Um, so when I was, and then my third year of law school, my father also passed away when I was in my early twenties. And so that really was a big pivot for me. So I quit, um, law really quickly. I decided that wasn't for me. I did meet my husband in law school though. So all was not lost. (laughs) And then I started, uh, an event planning company back years and years and years ago. And I had that company for 11 years. I grew it. Um, and we got, we, I, actually got a business partner. I had my children during that time. And, um, in 2014 we sold it. Um, before that kind of halfway into it, uh, I was getting a lot of questions about how we were building our business and I had a business partner. So that was new for a lot of people. And how was I doing that and how we were doing it together. And so I started coaching people in the wedding and event industry. And that started my coaching journey eight years ago. And so when we sold the business, I went full time. I've always been an entrepreneur since I quit law. Um, but yeah, I went full time into the coaching realm and I've kind of done all (laughs) in this, in the last four, I guess, five years now. Uh, I started doing one-on-one coaching and then I've had courses. I've had a membership. I've hosted sold out conferences, I have a group program. I've kind of done all the things. 
And now I'm in a season of really simplifying and coming back to where I want to be in this part of my life. Well, I, I mean, I have so many questions just (laughs) from that because I too have had courses and masterminds and, you know, group Uh programs. And so let's start there. I'm curious. I know you simplified this year. I'm curious what led you to strictly focus on your mastermind. And also I would love to hear, I mean, being in the coaching industry online, it has gone through significant changes in the last five years because it was newer online five years ago. And now you can throw a rock and hit a business coach on every corner. But that yeah. doesn't mean everyone is is really qualified to be a business coach. So I would Correct. love to hear from someone who's who's really seen the industry change so much in such a short period of time. Yeah. So for me, the simplification, I'll answer that part first. Another part of the story that I didn't share is three years ago, my daughter, who was nine at the time, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So that has been a pivotal, 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 hello, Heather, uh, part of our my business and my life. You know, like that was a moment where I had to make decisions and my family always comes first. So For me, I just had a lot of things going on. At the time when she was diagnosed, I had just come off. um, That was when I had just done the conference. It was amazing. Everyone was already asking when I was going to do the next one. Um, I had a six-month group coaching program that I had been running for a couple of years. But we kind of launched the next version of it. Um, the January, right before she was diagnosed in February, 2017, the January before I just launched uh, a membership and had 300 women in it at the very beginning, like everything was kind of blooming in all aspects of my life. And then a bomb was dropped on us. And so I had to really figure out for that next year. Thankfully I had a team at the time. Well, I have a team now, but I had a much larger team. Um, and they kind of took over my business for me because it was just something that we were not prepared for. And, um, and so I really think for that, for that year of 2017, my business kept going on luckily because I had built it and I had that foundation of, you know, we knew what our core values are. We, we knew what we wanted. We knew who our people were. Um, and my team was really, really solid. And so kind of, they were able to take it over for me. I, I was still in it, but not like I had planned on being in it. So that moment for me really changed everything, honestly, Absolutely. for us and where I wanted to go, um, and where I was able to go. Cause time was limited. My daughter was, you know, she's still going through treatment. She relapsed this summer. So, um, we're going through treatment again and I don't think people really understand all that goes into it. It's a lot, it's very time consuming and it's very emotional and draining, but it's also come with its amazing rewards to our family is really a lot closer and we just don't take things for granted and all the things that come with that. But so for me this year, I really wanted to go all in on one thing and I had to figure out what that was that made sense for me and what I was really good at. Like what was the one thing that I was really good at? Cause I know eventually I'll probably bloom out again, but for right now I just wanted to focus on one thing. And so that was my um, mastermind slash group coaching program that I have. And so I went all in on that. 
Well, I love that you had built a business that allowed you to pivot to adjust for your family. I mean, that's the whole yeah. reason I started building something four years ago was knowing that I wanted to be a mom one day. You can't expect, mm-hmm. you can't foresee everything you'll have to navigate raising kids. Right. And so I wanted to build something that would be a little bit more developed and flexible by the time I did have kids. And so, um, man, obviously what you've had to navigate is hell, but I'm, yes. I'm glad that you built a business that catered to that. Does that, has that changed how you mentor and coach women in building their business, building a business that can thrive if they need to step away for a season? Yeah, I think it's, I think the notion has been enhanced. Um, when I was early in my early twenties, my father passed away. So I think it has kind of been a part of my life about, you don't know what's going to happen. You approach every, I approach everything with positivity and and gratitude, but I also, so I'm not like, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen and let's plan for that kind of person. But I also know being 42 years old, have, you know, having two kids, having one on the way that was not planned. I mean, all the things that could happen have happened to me. And, um, I think you have to be able to adjust and, I think the biggest thing for me and what I teach the, the women that I work with is that I think we're so hard on ourselves that when we do have to pivot, it feels almost like starting over. And I've had this conversation a lot with people recently. And for me, that was hard because I'm, I'm a, I'm a Enneagram two wing three. So I have the achiever in me <laughs> and, um, and I, I think for me, it was really hard to feel like, okay, I got to this point and now I have to give all of this away. But what always came at the forefront was like, but my family is most important to me. So that I'm not giving that away. So you just have to make adjustments. And I think for the people that I work with, the women I work with, it helps them because they get like, they understand that I've been through all of the crap. Yeah. So pretty much anything that comes our way, I'm like, okay, we got this. Like, let's not do doomsday, worst case scenario. Let's go, okay, this is where we're at. Let's accept where we're at. And how do we move forward and come up with a solution instead of complaining about everything that's happening to us? Man, so it sounds like it's, I mean, you obviously coach from a place of being adaptable and just, you know, taking everything that comes your way, adapting, choosing positivity. I mean, as an Enneagram 7, I can appreciate positivity. Maybe to a fault. I'm in a season (laughs) where I'm actually having to face some like feelings that I'm like, oh, feelings suck. I thought I really felt and now I'm feeling like, oh, I I can't be, I'm having to like step outside of my positive bubble I've created and really face some things. And it's, it's been challenging. So I have all the feelings and and I feel everybody else's feelings. So (laughs) yes. So, so what has that looked like running a business feeling? I I would love, you know, for a season I interviewed Enneagram numbers all the time because I really thought I wanted to put together business material around the Enneagram Uh that wasn't written for a once one, three, or eight, because I feel like that's what leadership material is catered to. Mm -hmm. And so I loved interviewing twos because like, how do you really, um, juggle feeling your employees feelings and wanting to care for them, but also being the boss and being your own advocate? Oh yeah. I would say that's, (laughs) it's a strength and a weakness. 
So for me, it's really making sure I set up those boundaries, but it's, oh, so I'm going to love on people. That's just my nature. And I'm going to love them to a fault, probably more than they want to be loved on. They're probably like, just leave me alone, Heather, like get out of my life (laughs) at some point. Right. I just want to give as much as I can. But what I've learned being Enneagram too, that you can give so much that you it start you you drain yourself. And so um I've really had to for me meditation has been amazingly helpful for me to really start the day and and look inward instead of focusing immediately outward, which was my go-to. And um realizing that I can, my self-worth is not I guess solving other people's issues. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, as I've gotten older and as, you know, just had been in the business longer, you learn those things. And, um, yeah, it, but it's good. I mean, the, I think I will, I, I'm able to help people in ways and love on them that sometimes I think I'm able to see things in people that they are not able to see in themselves. And I think that is because I'm such a deep relationship gal. So, I kind of know the ins and outs before they even say it. I love and, that. And um, that's really helpful in what I do. Oh, so helpful. That's one of my favorite things I get to do as well. It's just like really pulling out um, the golden people and kind of helping them see the trajectory of their dream or their vision, their idea, and um, beyond what they're able to see for themselves sometimes because you're able to see those unique giftings they're carrying. And so I love, I love that that's a gift of yours. What... You know, back to how this industry has changed, you know, it's become so saturated so fast. And, you know, we've also seen the like rise and fall of different social media platforms over the years. I bet Mm -hmm. Facebook was the thing when you were getting started or at least running your events business. You were probably growing your Facebook page at the time. And then it was Instagram. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, get we're only focused on your email list because social's going under. Yeah. What, what has the big, you know, what's the roller coaster done yeah. for you as a business owner and a coach in this space? And and what would your advice be for someone building specifically an online business? Yeah, that's such a good question because it has exploded crazily since I, I know for, for me when I started. Um, I So I started my business literally with a Facebook group. That's what, that's how everything exploded really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I started this Facebook group. It really was kind of one of these things that it was called Savvy Business Owners. I, I was just like, I wanted a place. I had come out, you know, I had been in law and then for 11 years I'd owned my own business. Um, but it was very, di- I wasn't in the online space, you know, so it was very different. And I felt alone when I came into the online space because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I know I I know I can do this and I'm a, a learner and a knowledge junkie. So I was like, I want to consume all of it. But as I was learning it, I was like, I don't know about this. And this is weird. Like I don't see people in person anymore. And it was just this huge change in my life. For me, the Facebook group kind of not only did it allow me to connect with other people, but it also gave me that feeling of my, my loneliness kind of went away because I was able to connect and then it grew into, you know, being able to connect those people in that group. It wasn't about me anymore. You know, it was about the people that are in the group and each other and how to connect them. And really that's how my business started. And that's what allowed me to then go into a membership and have a group coaching program. And so 
I'm thankful for that. I think Facebook groups are very different now. And I, you know, when I give people advice on if they're going to use that to attract people into their business, I would give you very different advice than what I did when I first started. But I think no matter what, with social, with email, with whatever it is and in coaching, it all comes back to relationships for me it, at least. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's putting a face to a name and it's knowing the people more than just a number or, you know, how much they're making or, you know, who they know or whatever that doesn't, none of that really matters to me. I just love meeting people. I'm a definite extrovert. I love being around people. So it's sometimes hard because I work from home, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> for me, it really is about that. So when I, you know, I struggled for a long time saying I was a coach because I would call myself a business strategist because I have a business background and I have a law background. Um, and so I was like, well, I can't be a coach because, you know, I don't know. Something in me was like, I'm not legitimate for that. I, I, I don't, I don't have a certification for it, but technically that's what I was doing all the time was coaching people. And so I think we get, and this is, this is some people are going to argue with me on this, but I think we get caught up in these titles and what they mean and what they don't mean. And for me, it's really just about how can I help you or can I help you and what are your needs and do, do we fit together? And so now I say I'm a business coach, but I mean, you could call me an advisor, a consultant. I mean, there's a million things that you could say, depending on, you know, kind of what, where you come from to what your background is, what the word you're going to use. So I think though, what's happened is that I saw this in the wedding industry when I was in the event wedding industry, there was no really, um, anyone, there was anyone can enter it. You know, you didn't have to have a whole bunch of certifications to do it. And in the online space, right? Anyone can, you have a computer, basically you're in. Um, but I think that, you know, that, that works at first, but I think to be sustainable and to really know that someone's, you know, actually good at what they do, you, that's, you don't have to prove yourself. It just comes like if, if you've been in business for 10 years and you're still, you have a business and you're just, you know, you're getting good results. And I think then you don't have to explain it. Like it is. So I, yeah, kind of the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get into this like, oh, they're better than me because they have that or I'm better than them because I have that. I think we all have our own gifts. And I do think that, um, I, I think that, and fortunately you're probably going to, and we've all done it. We've hired someone who we thought was really amazing. It all looked good on paper, all looked good on their website. And then we worked with them. We were like, wow, that was a complete fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, those people don't last. I, I totally agree. What would, uh, one thing you mentioned that I was like, Ooh, I, I, I want to talk about that is yeah. you were saying, you know, the numbers or the amount of money you make and kind of what I think you might've been alluding to, maybe not correct me if I'm wrong, I'm totally assuming, yeah. but in, in the online space, we lead with our numbers and our money a lot. Like no other place in business have I seen people huh. like share their income like yeah. we do online. It's kind of, it yeah. was kind of weird for me at first. And then there's also Thank this you. whole other conversation. And I'm, you know, I'm Southern and I mean, you're from Southern Indiana. I mean, we didn't talk about money like that. Yeah. And so, um, I, 
A, that, but then also, then there's this whole other conversation of people will be like, oh, I had a million dollar launch, but they aren't sharing that they spent Uh $999,000 to have that launch. No one's saying like, oh yeah, I sold, you know, 70,000 of e-courses this month, but 25% asked for refunds. And I spent really 69,000 on Facebook ads. Those were a flop. You know, no one's saying any of that. So there's really not this like transparency. It's a kind of a weird space. I think it's shaking out the further this industry develops. It's a relatively like new thing to like have all these online businesses. I mean, the dot-com boom was like 19 years ago only. And so um, it it is interesting to see that all shake out. But what do you think about like, I think some people really listen to interviews like this and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, it must be nice. You got in at the right time in business. Kelsey, Mm -hmm. you have these followers like, oh, yeah, like it must be nice to, get you know, speak from that point of view. But really like, it's not about numbers or how, how much money you're leading with when you're telling your audience how much you're making. And I again, I right. think we do this a lot. I could rant about it all day long. I think I used, <laughs> if you if you just go back like thirty episodes, you'll hear me rant about it. Um, but I I had a friend build a coaching business with less than a, a six figure coaching business with less than a thousand people on her list. It's not only about the audience. Yeah. So no, it's not. And it's really, again, I think it comes back to relationships. It's how are you taking care of your people? You know, what are, what are the results you're getting them? And those speak for themselves. There's always going to be the people that are going to sell with the numbers. And here's the thing. There's two ends of the spectrum. There's people that we'll never talk about numbers, which I don't think is healthy. And then there's people that all they talk about is numbers and half the time the numbers aren't realistic or true. And so I think we have to, we have to, you know, cause I know for me, what, what you just said uh, for me, I, I struggled with the money part of it because I, like you said, I was not raised to talk. We didn't talk about that. It wasn't that what it's not what you led with. Now, I'm not saying we didn't talk about it, but we didn't lead with that. We weren't like, oh, and I don't come from money. So, (laughs) you know, we weren't like, oh, we have all this money. Like, no, we didn't. It was exact opposite. So I think for me, I struggled so long with talking about money. And I realized how that uh, that money mindset really affected um, my business. And so I think that there's two ends that you kind of got to be careful of. And you can't go one or the other because they'll both they'll both land you in a, in a, in a bad place. Um, so for me, I've actually worked on the opposite of, you know, I've always had these big financial dreams because my financial dreams helped me, you know, with my impact goals and my personal and freedom goals, what I call them. And so now I can openly talk about it. And it's interesting because I, you know, I say that numbers don't matter. The women that I work with have already kind of reached that. They've been in business. They're established business owners. They've already reached that six figures in their business. So to say money doesn't matter, people are like, well, but you say that you work with six, you know, six figure women, you know, what do you mean money doesn't matter? But that's because I've worked with all different types and I know those women are the women that I can help the most right now. And so I think, and, and, and the question I always ask them and I get different answers and I always know if they have worked on money mindset or not with the answers that I get. And that is how much do you, so I always ask them, where are you going? So 
I ask them financially, what do you want? So in the next 12 months, what is that financial goal for you? And some will struggle with it. And then I say, and when, what are you, where are you at right now? And then we look at, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. Okay. Let's come up with a plan how to get there. And some people really struggle with answering that. It's really uncomfortable for them. And so I think we have to get to this place that, no, we're not just using money and figures to sell and be like sleazy and, you know, <laughs> use that as a way to say, like, we're fabulous. But I also think we need to be more open about talking about the numbers the real numbers in the re- in a realistic way. Totally. And it, and it can serve as a way to clarify the kind of help you need. I needed a very different kind of help when I was getting started to when right. I was focusing on scaling. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's very normal. And I'm kind of with you. You don't really want to fall into either, either side of the street, either ditch on either side of the street because right. – I I think there there's value in kind of trying to figure out the straight and narrow path in the middle versus kind of falling off to either side. And yeah. I've I've kind of had to really kind of lean towards the side you're you're talking about working on my money mindset, um, mm-hmm. talking about it. Believe you know, I, believing for things is not that hard for me. Um, but what yeah. I um, what can happen for me money mindset wise like i can i can have aspirations about money and 1000% believe they're possible you know right. like oh that will happen no problem one day but it's the right now it's the the one day is not hard for me to believe for it's uh-huh. the the right now the practical of like well i'm not seeing that and and big moments of like financial not necessarily failure but even even this year went through a big pivot of yeah. you know my inst- I, I ran an Instagram agency and mm. one algorithm crushed it overnight oh wow yeah. i had worked up to a certain level of income went from $20,000 months to zero overnight yeah. and so no and that's honest and i think that is what happens a lot and that exactly what you're talking about doesn't get talked about. For me, I know, you know, where I was and then where I had to go because I, one of I had to choose to, to where I was going to go, you know? And so I chose to go knowing that I wasn't going to make as much money because I had to, I literally had to be in the hospital with my daughter every day, you know, like I I'm not superwoman. I can't do it all. So I think we make choices and I, I think, you know, for me as a mom, it was really, really hard because I'm also a very strong businesswoman. And so there's so many ups and downs. I think we're so afraid to share them because, and this is what I think that I've learned and what I teach to the women that I work with is don't let your self-worth get wrapped up where you are financially. Oh, like, that's because good. that's going to change, you know, and it changed when I had my kids, it changed, you know, when I was before I had kids, I had a lot more time. I don't know what I did with my time now. Cause I'm like, what the heck? I, you know? <laughs> but, um, as I, you know, as I'm getting ready to have another baby, that's why I wanted to simplify because I think you have to adjust and work and, and make what works for you happen. And I get it because it's, it's, people think it's sexy and it's, and it's fun. And it's like, they are the, the golden ch- children, you know, like they are the people that everyone looks up to, but I don't, I think that those people that we all look up to, they still have all those same struggles. They're just maybe not, not that they're not open about it, but they're, we're not seeing that, you know, we're not seeing all the things that are happening behind the scenes. And so 
for me, again, it just goes back to self-worth and you can't tie your self-worth up into like how much money you're making that month because that is like self-destruction if you do that. Oh, totally. And and for ha- really facing that I did that this year was, you know, I was a straight A student. For me, money is not so much tied to image, but as to like my capability and my, mm-hmm. um, my level of talent um, or my level of extraordinaire as I, yeah. you know, so deeply desire as an Enneagram 7. Yes. Um, I just want to be extraordinary at everything. And so um, my, my money was really tied to that. And, and even more than that, it was tied to my freedom of like, oh, my God, if I lose this money and I, I thought I had arrived – if I lose it, what does it say about my freedom? Am I going to have to regress in life? Am I going to have to work for the man? You know, yeah. all these fears surfaced and it, yeah. it, it forced me to do a lot of money mindset work and a lot of identity work. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God's up to here at the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their Part in the Mess podcast, made for those navigating the messiness of parenting. Part of the Mess seeks to equip parents with trusted biblical guidance, helping them to raise their children with strength and joy in a changing and often challenging culture. With guests like Bob Goff, Jamie Ivey, and Priscilla Shire, this podcast is for just about everyone. You can sign up for weekly Part of the Mess podcast blogs and subscribe to Part of the Mess podcast episodes at partofthemess.org. How have you worked? What have been the most helpful tools for you working on your money mindset? Because again, you've been no stranger to having to navigate these same sentiments for different reasons. Yeah, I hired a coach. So I practice what I preach. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, I hired a coach and she, we, I mean, we, we not only worked on money, but we worked on a lot of the things that, you know, and the things that I had no idea that were in there <laughs> in my brain. They would come out every session. Her name's Kelly Ruda. She's amazing. Um, and she really helped me just realize that the stories I was had been telling myself, even though I had no idea. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, repeat what you just said. You know, and I still have my little booklet of, I I don't work with her currently, but I would refer her to anyone. She's amazing. Um, but she, she really helped me understand and that self-worth, you know, again, I'm an Enneagram too, but I'm a, I'm a wing three. So that achiever in me has always been there. You know, I'm same in school, you know, when I went to law school and it's always achieve, achieve, achieve and, and never really, which led me to never feel like enough, which is crazy. Cause if you ask anybody, it's interesting, like today, so I'll give you an example of something that just happened today. So I didn't know I had this call. Um, it, they booked it last minute. And so this morning I woke up to, I had a call with a gal in South Africa and I was not prepared for it because I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, okay, I got this. We'll do this. And afterwards we went on, when we got on the call, I just, I wasn't the right coach for her. I, I was, you know, what she wanted to do. 
was not what I help people with. And so we got off the call and it was great. And I told my husband, I was like, oh, like I, di- I didn't, I didn't book that client cause I wasn't the right person. And, and he, he just kind of giggled at me like, what are you talking about? First of all, you just spoke with someone from South Africa. Like you're in the States in Phoenix. You spoke with some, someone from South Africa. They found you online. You know, can you see the bigger picture here? And the achiever in me is like, but I didn't book the client, even though I know they aren't the right fit for me. So it's so crazy what we do. And when I worked with Kelly, she really helped me, you know, go, okay, you got to set the achiever side of you aside for a second. And we got to dig really deep here. And why are you struggling with this so much? And so all the childhood stories and all the stuff came out and, um, yeah, it was crazy. It was emotional, but it was so necessary for me to really move forward. Man, I actually just so deeply related to that, that I might take that back to my counselor. <laughs> like, Oh, I think I, I, because I too, if I feel like I can't meet the needs of a client, I immediately am like, why can't I deliver what they need? And it's like, maybe uh-huh. I'm just, maybe someone's just a better fit for their set of needs. Like I, yes. I, but th- there's a huge caretaking thread in my story of like almost uh-huh. everyone in my life. And so I'm like seeing something I really relate to right there. Um, I too worked with the money mindset um, person earlier this year, Jenna Strickland, and it really like, oh, yeah. it illuminated so much for me. Um, changed my life. It really was like, I actually happened to like pay for it, book it like right before my business fell apart. And it was like the kindest gift from God of like, ah, I, that was already there to start dealing yeah. with the issues. Or maybe I was on like week session two when it uh-huh. all happened. Like I got to my session and I'm like, well, we're going to test my belief in abundance because <laughs> one algorithm just leveled me overnight. Yes. yes. Well, when I, when I started working with Kelly, um, it was just, oh, I can't remember now. Maybe that wasn't, no, I, another thing I, so I started, I'm in a program, um, of, and it's people of like making millions of dollars. It's crazy to me sometimes like, and I'm talking like $30 million, <laughs> just a million, like 30 million. So I always have this in this group. I always have imposter syndrome, which I know we all struggle with in different ways, but it's been interesting to me to really become aware of that. But in that, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, we, I guess the thing is we struggle, we all struggle with these same things. We think we're so different, but we're not, no matter what level you're at, it does not matter. We're all struggling with the same things. And, and we just need to be okay with saying it, you know, because saying that you're struggling right now does not mean you're a bad business owner, a bad person or whatever. Like we all have these struggles. It's okay. You know, just acknowledge it because not acknowledge it, it to other people also usually means we're not acknowledging it in ourselves. Totally. Well, and, and it kind of seems like the next tier of success, you know, for lack of better words, you kind of revisit the same struggle just in a new expression. So it's like, oh. I think I really don't believe anyone who would tell me they're immune to struggling. I'll, they might not show it, but like we've all got problems. You know, there's yeah. a reason there. I mean, I'm not inviting this into my life and I truly believe in abundance, but there's a reason people do say, mo money, mo problems, you know? Yes. And so yeah. it, there's, 
for those of you out there wondering if all your problems will go away the more successful you get, sorry, they won't. They'll just take a different expression. (laughs) And so, um, although I do believe there's a solution and happiness and joy, and it's not going to limit you, you know, I'm not trying to sink into horrible limiting beliefs there, but, um, man, Heather, like your honesty is just so appreciated. So I would love for you to share kind of what's next. You know, you're navigating, um, London's treatments right now. You've got a baby on the way. I heard you say it was, I, I didn't know this, but I heard you say sometime earlier in the episode, um, baby number three was a surprise. Yes. Okay. So surprise baby. And um, what's kind of next with your family, your business? I'm excited to hear. Yeah. So my daughter is um, still going through treatments, um, London. She's 12 right now. Uh, She started, uh, we started this journey with her when she was nine. So she's undergone tons of chemotherapy, lots of radiation, several surgeries. She's had two stem cell transplants. Uh, immunotherapy. Then she was um, clear of cancer for eight months and then she relapsed this summer. And so we've been treating it again. So she, when she was diagnosed, she was diagnosed with stage four. It's called neuroblastoma is what she has. And it spreads really quickly, but it basically had covered all of her body. So I don't know. That obviously was a huge change in our life, but now um, it's just, we call it our normal. And I know that's so weird. And London and I were just saying yesterday how she'll make jokes about cancer. And I'm like, you know, we can't say that around everyone because some people won't think that's funny, you know, but that's become our normal. And I don't know if that's sad or okay, or I don't know, therapy. I'm still in therapy for all of that. But, um, so I do have a therapist you were yeah, asking. We love, I, have, I, I, I love therapy. therapists. Therapy and coaching, like the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will, I will always probably have a coach and a therapist. And yeah. I need that, but I, I think for for that, you know, we've just learned so much. Uh, I can't even like I wouldn't be able to even. This isn't enough time to go through all of it, but um, you know, we're just gonna keep moving forward, and we've really stayed positive through the whole thing, even at the darkest times. I mean, there's been many times where we thought we were gonna lose her. You know, her lungs have collapsed. She's. I mean, it's been just, I can't even explain how hard it's been. Um, and then when my daughter was diagnosed, my son was four. And so he's seven now, you know, so we also as parents had decided that, you know, we have a child with cancer and that's going to take a lot of our time, but we also have another child that needs just as much of our time because we are, you know, we want to be amazing parents. And so, that has been challenging as well because then it's like, okay, but we have a marriage and we need to give to that because that's, you know, if we don't have that, then all of it's coming down, you know? And so, and then, and then it's myself like taking care, you know, my husband and I taking care of ourselves as well, not just taking care of each other. And so it's been a lot of, for me, letting go of trying to do it all. Um, because I am an Enneagram too, and I'm a help, I'm a helper. I can give help really easily, but it was really hard for me to accept help because I felt like if I was accepting help, then I was failing, which I know isn't true, but that's just kind of how I felt. And so I've really, through therapy and coaching and all this stuff that I've had to like work on meditation every day, like, okay, let's center yourself and remember like where we're at. And I've had to remember to let people in and let them help me. And that doesn't mean that I'm failing or that I'm not good enough. And, uh, that's been a huge lesson for myself. And then, yeah, we weren't expecting baby number three. We were done with having children. And 
uh, yeah, we're having a baby. (laughs) So it's, you know, but I just believe that things I'm not, okay. I know people say things happen for a reason. And I think when you have a child that's diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer, or you have anybody that has an illness in your life, that kind of stings sometimes because you're like, wait, this was meant to happen. This was happening for a reason. Like, what is the reason that my nine-year-old got diagnosed with cancer? Please tell me that. Yeah. But I do believe that we have a choice in how we live and how we react to things. And so I have really worked on me internally. And so, like I said, meditation, coaches, um, therapists, therapy for me, and really making sure that I'm okay first, because I know if I'm not okay, then those emotions that I have are carried on to my family and that isn't fair to them. And so, I just, my motto is positive attitude, grateful heart. That doesn't mean bad things don't happen because they happen every day to us, but I just choose to live, uh, and see the positive and stuff. And so that when the bad things do happen, it's like, okay, we got this and, and come up with the solution. Like, how can we make this better? How can we not solve it exactly, but what can we do? I'm not going to sit around and complain about it. That's not my thing. Now, I also know not everyone has that support system that allows them to do that. And so I'm not saying you're a bad person if you um, have these, you know, things that are happening and you're like, oh, that's great, Heather, but I don't have, you know, either a spouse or or a community. My community really, really stood behind us when Lennon was diagnosed. And so I just think that, you know, I'm not looking down on anyone that feels a certain way. I just think make sure you're finding ways to help yourself just as much as you're helping everyone else, especially for people like, you know, Enneagram twos like me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, has been my biggest lesson. And then for me, it's just being open to what is and what can be and not putting, I think I've always been so goal oriented and I've, I've said, okay, I've never, you know, I'm like you, what you said, I, I know I can, I can believe and I can dream, but it's, I've also had to go, okay, but is that for me right now and being okay if it's not. So for me, it's really, I went all in, um, with your savvy business circle, which is my mastermind uh, group program. And that's all I'm doing for my business. And I'm just going all in on that. And then, yeah, just being there for my family, you know, and I'm okay with those. I also, I'm a, on the board of directors for a pediatric cancer organization. I mean, there's other things I do, but I just know how amazing life is and can be. And I also know that it can leave at any moment. And, um, I learned that early on in life. And so, for me, it's not worrying about what will be. It's just like trying to focus on the now and how much joy and gratitude I can have for, for what I have now. And so, you know, that's loving the days that are really hard in business or that loving the days that are really finding the, there might only be one little speck of goodness in that day, but finding that little speck of goodness, I don't know. That's, 
that's how I approached life, I guess. And it's served me well so far. Yeah. I mean, your perspective is a breath of fresh air. And I think anyone navigating any sort of painful life circumstance will find your perspective to be really encouraging. So I encourage them to go hear your voice um, in their ear over on your podcast. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. What do you have going on over there? Yeah. So I started my podcast uh, last year, but then when London relapsed, I was just like, okay, I got to I got to stop that for a while, which was okay because I wanted to do seasons anyway. So my podcast is Your Savvy Business in Life with Heather Crabtree. And I really speak to the women that I serve, which are service-based female entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their business. But I love podcasting. I love chatting. Mine is not interview style. So it's I really share kind of the the, um, the frameworks and the things that I teach people that I work with. So I teach that on my podcast, like the the foundations of all of that for the season. I think every season is a little bit different. The first season was more about sharing more about what was kind of going on in life and business and kind of how the, the broader terms and this, this, this season is a little bit more specific. Well, I love it. And I think our radiant listeners will love that. They're kind of here tuning in to hear kind of inspirational and encouraging stories of how to build their business. And they can go and go listen to, they can kind of go listen to you and hear them hear the tactical strategies of how to grow and build it. And so, um, I think it's a great opportunity for them to take their knowledge a little bit further and hear your encouraging voice in their ears. So, uh, man, Heather, it has been a joy to hear your story, to have you on. Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone keep up with you if they want to work with you? Tell us all the things. Yeah, the easiest way is just heathercrabtree.com. And then I love Instagram. So I'm heather underscore crabtree there. I love Instagram too. That's how I got my star. So it has been (laughs) such a joy to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the Radiant Podcast. I can't wait till next time. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. As a pro, the last thing you need is to run out of what you need. And time spent waiting on supply runs is money right out of your pocket. The good news is the Home Depot can deliver straight to the job site. That keeps your crews on the job, not the road. And that saves you money, putting time back in your day and savings back where they belong. Delivery options, big, small, right to the job site. Whenever you say, visit homedepot.com slash delivery. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel helps you keep track of all your accounts in one place with added alerts and personalized budgets. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash money.